Hi, guys. You're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. This is Neil Brennan, which I should have said at the top of this, but I didn't. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, Greg Barrent. Because that is it. It's preposterous. It's set up in a way that almost begs for failure. Anything that starts with a Super Bowl party before you've played the game is uh, iffy. Been a while since we spoke to Greg. Had a great conversation about all the things that he is up to. We have a song of the week coming up from a group called Chain Wallet. They are off of Norway. Bit of an older tune. Explain, though, why it is song of the week when we get to the end of the show. But first, we have a dumb bit. What kind of nonsense is that? I know a lot of you have probably been following the goings-on in Oklahoma and Kentucky concerning the teacher pension situations, and of course, uh, just being across the river from us here in Cincinnati, the Kentucky situation has been in the news here, and I'm not going to discuss much about that. If you want a rundown on it, I suggest you go to the Louisville Courier-Journal website. They've got a great breakdown on why this is a problem, how they got into this mess, uh, what can be done about it, and all the issues surrounding it, so that's a good breakdown on that. What I wanted to get to was Governor Bevin's reaction. What happened was, real quick, is they voted on a new pension plan for for the teachers, but they jammed it into a bill about sewage, a public works bill, and at the last minute, so Democratic lawmakers didn't have time to read the 300 pages involved, they just had to vote on it. So uh, the teachers protested that because they think they got a raw deal, uh, which is their right to do, and some of them uh, did not go to their schools, their classes, to their jobs uh, last week. They said they went down to Frankfurt to protest, and this upset Governor Bevin uh, very much, and he had this to say. This is a long one, but you've got to hear this whole thing. It is just incredible. You know, here's what's crazy to me. You know how many hundreds of thousands of children today were left home alone? I guarantee you somewhere in Kentucky today a child was sexually assaulted that was left at home because there was nobody there to watch them. I guarantee you somewhere today a child was physically harmed or ingested poison because they were home alone, because a single parent didn't have any money to take care of them. I'm offended by the idea that people so cavalierly and so flippantly disregarded what's truly best for children. You know how many children live in, in urban communities and rural communities where there's a single parent who literally, if they could afford to skip work and not lose their job, they couldn't afford to because they need the money. They don't have a backup for them. They don't get paid whether they go to work or not. They don't have an option. And some of them were given literally a matter of hours so you know for a fact that there were hundreds of thousands of children who were left unattended and some of them in communities where people knew that for a fact and took advantage of it. And as surely as we're having this conversation, children were harmed, some physically, some sexually. Some were introduced to drugs for the first time because they were vulnerable and left alone. It's offensive, frankly, it really is. So yeah, that's the whole thing there is uh, because these teachers went to protest that this what they're thinking is getting around. And by the way, why is it when middle class and working class people have a good deal going and then it's threatened, people are like, hey, they shouldn't have that deal. But when you know, wealthy folks go into these companies, run them into the ground, they walk out with millions in bonuses, people are like, eh, what are you going to do? 
So anyway, just an incredible uh, response. And he did later apologize, but he, one of those apologies where he didn't really apologize because you said what you meant. There's no misunderstanding. <laughs> you said what you meant. And we did obtain some footage from a uh, private home. Uh, their security camera did catch one of these young people who had been... Well, here, you can listen to it here. This is what happened. Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. It does have a happy ending, though. He befriended a guy in the neighborhood who people thought was kind of a, a, a dangerous nut. And uh, together they captured a couple of burglars. Nice move. Always leaving the water running. Now we know each and every house that you've hit. Wet bandits. Wet bandits. Shut up! But back to Governor Bevan's comments, I mean... What kind of nonsense is that? If you consider yourself to be an old soul trapped in a modern world, you can relive days gone by in classic imprints. From our vast collection at OldSchoolShirts.com, we have vintage tees from all the great American cities like Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and more. We've got defunct sports teams, old restaurants, old stores you used to shop at when you were a kid. Just go to OldSchoolShirts.com. It is all one word. Pick up yourself a great and stylish-looking vintage t-shirt, and it really helps the show as well. So as soon as you're done listening, head there. Greg Barrett is a stand-up comedian, author, and musician. You probably know him from his best-selling book, He's Just Not That Into You, as well as his uh, short-lived but uh, famous TV talk show. You may have seen him do stand-up in your town as well. And here now is our interview with Greg Barrett. Hey, Greg, it's PF from Minneapolis City Pages. What's up? How are you, man? Good. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, you too, man. I'm sorry I left you hanging on that. Uh, hey, text me. Oh, uh, that's fine. Happens. Uh, we're all busy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, um, the, the only Greg Barrett news I ever seem to get is when you're on Pardo's podcast, and I'm like about six months behind on those. Uh, so I don't even know if you've uh, uh, been on his show lately, but um, since it's been a couple years since we spoke, what, what is new with you these days? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot happening actually right now. I have two podcasts, uh, one called Rock Out With Your Doc Out with Kay Hanley, who's the lead singer of, uh, or of, uh, lead, uh, actually, singer of, uh, the letters. Oh, um, uh, and, lead singer of what? Uh, wait, uh, you, wait. Oh, go ahead. You winked out for a second. Lead singer of what band? Uh, Letters to Cleo. Oh, I love, oh, oh, yeah, Kay Hanley. Yeah, yeah, I love Letters to Cleo. I met her years and years and years ago, uh, when they were touring their first album. Uh, in the, they were here in Cincinnati, and their bass player is the brother of a guy that my uh, my friend managed their band, Affordable Floors from Pittsburgh. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate is, is an old friend, and her actually is the uh, other guitar player and sort of producer and uh, musical director of the, of the Rainy Monarchs. By oh, okay. Oh wow! I, you know, I think we might have discussed this before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she, she and I started a, uh, a podcast like uh, probably uh, almost a year ago now, um, where we listen to a rock documentary uh, and then uh, talk about it. Oh, cool! Um, I love a good rock. And, um, and then my wife and I started a podcast that started a couple of weeks ago during Farewell called Maybe It's You, and it's a uh, relationship, uh, life podcast. Oh, um, 
and uh, it was uh, just a new and noteworthy on iTunes, and uh, yeah. Wow, those are uh, two great premises for a podcast, because even if I don't like the artist, I will watch any rock documentary. Yes, that's what I found. Yeah. And this, this thing, people that love them, love them, and they, right. and they, they do the same way, like, you know. And sometimes, like, you know, you come to find something out about something you have pre-existing. And, um, uh, and sometimes you don't, don't end up loving a bank you fucking love. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you find out more than you want to know. Or, yeah, my wife's know, like that. Yeah, my wife, like, the, the less information, the better. Because uh, she didn't want it to, yeah. to ruin it, yeah. But I think my favorite, uh, one of my favorite documentaries, and I've told the story before, is uh, this behind the music with sticks. And I always like sticks just fine, you know. In the seven, but uh, there's that one bit when they're talking about Mr. Roboto, and uh, Tommy Shaw looks at the camera and goes, "I don't know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think of any songs about robots," which is probably the funniest line I've ever heard in a behind the music. Wait, what did he say? He said, "I don't know, I couldn't think of any songs about robots." <laughs> <laughs> that and the story in Dallas when they're about to perform it live, and they do that 15 minutes get ahead of it, and he's thinking like, they're gonna kill us. We're gonna die on this stage. <laughs> they're never gonna go for yeah. this. So so good. Um, and yeah, that, that that one's great. The the, um, the there's a bunch of them. We um, I really like there was one that we launched last year. Third one was I'll call mistaken for strangers, and it's about. Uh, the national, but it's really about. Oh, they're from the, here. Uh, lead singer's brother and him. Have okay. you seen it? No, but they're from here and they're doing a big concert. They're kind of doing a mini music festival here in Cincinnati in a couple of weeks. And, oh, you uh, have to watch it. It's yeah, about yeah. Cincinnati too. Oh, you have to watch it. All right, cool. I'll get right on that. I'll I'll, I'll spread the word to my because I'm uh, you know comedian Josh Need. Uh, I know his name. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm I mixed up in his T-shirt company here in town. I'm the content director for uh, the the shirts thing, and and uh, the one our uh, product manager is is a massive Nationals fan. So uh, yeah, we're we're all gonna. I think we're doing the event. Actually, we're gonna be selling shirts there. So, but anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet they probably if they're huge fans, they've probably seen. Oh it, yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a great great documentary heartbreaking actually that's really good okay I'll, I'll check that out is that when I work and I find that is it on is it on the Netflix is it on the uh... yeah so I think it's on Amazon I, and it's not on Netflix I don't think it might be on Amazon and okay. um, I don't know I, I think I bought it oh, okay. I think I ended up just buying well, it because I I just love it it's uh, um, and it's funny I wasn't like a few my wife loved the national and I was kind of like uh and then I got to know who they were, and now I'm like, oh, I, I, I love them. Uh, and we just saw, we just went somewhere a while ago with the whole, the whole family, the girls and I. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so they're all out at Coachella this weekend. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, you're, I know we discussed this a little bit before, but now that your girls are older, are they, are they really into music like you are? Or is it, uh, are they like casual fans? I'm curious because my daughters are deep in. My 14 year old just started getting into music. Favorite group? The Clash. Really? Yeah. yeah. Not a, you know, we didn't, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of friends from the old school and they, you know, they really, you know, kind of, curated their whole existence and, and and played a lot of their own music and I do that as much they spend a lot of time in their mom's car and their mom okay. loves, has always loved alternative music even now you know so they're pretty contemporary but they danced for sick for like six years both of them hardcore 
So they got exposed to a lot of different stuff through that. Okay, so yeah. So they have yeah. a wide range, you know? Yeah, same with um, my girls. Um, Lizzie got into The Clash, actually, through Stranger Things. And we always liked The Clash just fine in this house. But Lizzie is yeah. deep, deep in, man. She is like, yeah, she's she's way into to everything, way more than we ever were. And she's so jealous my wife saw them live in Cleveland back in, you know, 83. She's like, oh, I'm so, you saw them live? And she's just, she's just heart, you know. Once they're surviving, remember yeah. to get back together and uh, and tour. But um, and then my other daughter has a pretty wide range of taste too. Likes the '80s just fine and uh, contemporary alternative, but also likes a lot of you know the dance, hip hop, you know, uh, chart music that's out there as well. So she's got a, a pretty wide palette, at least of pop music anyway. Yeah, my girls, I think, are more interested. I mean, yes, you know, it's funny how come you know they'll listen to the radio, but that sounds like strange. So they'll you know, um, uh, they sort of they'll lump things together. A lot of it comes through, none of it really comes through the radio. It does all come through yeah. some other media. That's you know, true. Other than, yeah. or their friends. Right, right. Or, you know, um, um, you know the, Mighty and True Love go to that thing at 13 where they went to a lot of bat mitzvahs. And so there's a lot of DJing and there's a lot of hip-hop of those things. So it's really, um, it's all over the place. That isn't, yeah, um, it's true. But they love, they're really... Um, Movie people—they're really film and TV people. They love film and television. Yeah, uh, yeah. My girl's more, a little more TV than than film. But it's, it's interesting. And it, I've discussed this before. Is how differently, especially the fourteen-year-old watches TV. Her favorite show is on—I guess what you call it on a traditional <laughs> network for a lack of Riverside. She likes Riverside, uh, Riverdale. I'm sorry, Riverdale. Oh, over Riverdale, on the CW. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Likes that. And then uh, Stranger Things on Netflix. And then there's this other show she watches on YouTube. I can't remember what it is. But she's just multi-platform. It's, it's just effortless for her. Whereas, you know, the, the, this, the, the old cliche, you know, we had, well, when we were really young, we had the five channels, and that was it. And then we had 30, and we thought that was amazing. And that was it. And then so, yeah, but they're, they're regardless of platform, you know, they, they find what they find. It's really interesting. Yeah, the movies are really kind of event-driven. You know, they, they, we've, I'm going to see this whole movie in theater. Um, you know, uh, but we both, uh, we both, um, those kind of movies, we get, end up being screeners at the end of the year. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we get to see a lot of those things at home before they, uh, come out or before they're, you know, but, you know, we do go to the, you know, the, all the Marvel stuff and all of the, uh, um, you know, bigger event things. They will, they sort of, they were going to the Star Wars things for a while, but now they're like, you know, Nope, they just didn't. They didn't buy in, uh, and um, you know. And then, and then it's actor driven. You know, they, you know, my my oldest is just obsessed with shit from Call Me by Your Name, Timothy Chalamet, and you know, uh, um, yeah. the big Jason Bateman fan, so anything Jason Bateman fan. Um, so yeah, that's uh, their deal. Oh uh, yeah, that that that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how my girls are driven as far as movies go. I think it is more of, a, I guess, a a friend thing and what's discovered. You know, Instagram seems to be a, a, a fertile ground for both music and movies and stuff. You know, and they're in these little communities and people suggest things. And I guess that's kind of another way that, that people find stuff. Yes. Yeah. And they, and also, you know, there's like those media driven. I mean, my daughter's both really like the weekend. And, oh, know, yeah, yeah. And it was over weekend, Beaver, Selena, breakup. And so everyone's sort of excited tonight because <laughs> she's just released this very you know, um, breakup heavy, um, sort of, you know, fuck you, Selena record. And then the top fucking five, you know, all six songs are in the top 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and, you know. it's all done on... So it's all driven by different things, too. Different events, world events, you know, shape things. Yeah. What's funny, too, is I, I hate to be the old man in the conversation, but we're about the same age. But And then everybody says this, that there was a lot more variety, uh, even on the radio when we were younger, like back in the 80s, you could hear, you know, hair metal and reggae and synth pop all together. But you really could... And even my 14-year-old says, yeah, a lot of the chart music pretty much sounds the same. It's somebody singing for a little bit, then rapping for a little bit, then singing for a little bit, and then and then out. So if she recognizes that, then, you know, I think that that makes a strong case for what we've been saying for years now. Well, I think also that, you know, pop, pop radio, what's left of radio, because everything else is everything else. Yeah. You know, Spotify and... and um, and iTunes and, um, you know, um, even Siri or, you know, Alexa to play something for you, you know, or to make a mix or whatever. Um, and all the big sharing stuff now, like, you know, you all the people, you know. So um, radio really sort of, like almost everything has to be specific, otherwise it just doesn't, doesn't, um, work, yeah. you know, because people, um, you know, when they sort of do something, they want that thing to be better on salads. Yeah. Now, uh, this this other thing I'm a little jealous of, you've gotten your wife to do a podcast, because I've been begging my wife for years to do a podcast with me, and the the uh, podcast that I had kind of borrowed from April Richardson's, you know, she used to do that thing with Saved by the Bell, where they'd watch an episode, her and her guest... And then they discuss it. Yeah. I want to do the same thing with Love Boat because we watch the Love Boats. Uh, we record them on Sundays when they air here locally and then watch them on Saturday night like you're supposed to at 9 o'clock with French bread pizza. Uh-huh. And, uh, boy, to look back at those things, it is just crazy the stuff that was that they got away with in the 70s. Uh, you know, people think TV is filthy now. Love Boat, directly or indirectly, was pretty subversive and just really politically incorrect. You know, back in the day, I don't know if if, if you were a fan, but uh, I have to say, I was I was not a fan of a good love boat, as I recall. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, just because I think it was around the time I was probably stopped watching TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. You know, like, but you know, when it first when it was first around, right, right. Um. You know, as you do, but um. Uh, I never, I never, I, I always felt, uh, disappointed that Gavin McLeod wasn't still on Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. And what's really strange about I, that I is. Loved, I love that show. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite. I think that, that and Bob Newhart were my first favorite TV shows. I always think, too, when we're watching Love Boat, that they play him to be, you know, pretty much this affable dope. And on Mary Tyler Moore, he was the smart, you know, sharp, acerbic one. So just to show you what a great actor he was, he was able to, you know, turn really a 180 and go from that smart, sophisticated guy to the kind of, you know, lovable dope that's piloting this, this ship. And, uh, you know. And if he were, if he was, I, he's not, is he still around? I don't, I don't know. I, I think. Still alive? I, think yeah. I think he is. I, no, he would have been great. Yes, he could have gone. I think he could have done the Lou Grant thing. I think he could have gone drama. and been Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, um, but you know, I mean, I, I think his life turned out pretty great. <laughs> yeah. The, well, yeah, it's a, no, no one's uh, upset with how his life turned out. Um, and the gal that played um, Vicky was on Pardo's Pardcastathon a couple of years ago, 
and uh, she was telling some stories. And Pardo said, admitted that uh, for years he said oh, it must have been really. He asked her, it must have been really fun, you know, being out on the ship like that. And he goes, and I believe, and remember, I had been in show business for ten or fifteen years before she said, you know, we we shot on a soundstage. And and, he, and, he, and immediately he realized, like, oh, of course you did. Why would you, you would be out on her? Although some of them were shot out at sea. And you can tell when their hair is really blowing, and yet you can't hear the wind, but you can hear their voices that, that it's dubbed over. So they did shoot some of them at sea. But, and I told my wife that, and she didn't believe me. She's like, no, that's the sh- no, they, that looks like the ship, but that's the soundstage in Studio City. Um, and yet, she, How funny. yeah, and she won't, she won't, but she won't do the podcast with me to to discuss love boats. So I got to do a little more arm twisting, but uh, uh so anyway, well, we have we have two books coming out. Oh, that's um, right. You we, one? Um, two books coming out, and so I um, uh, and we're having we're sort of struggling in not only the books but even our own relationship. And I said I, I'd asked her for years to do a podcast as well. I said, if you want to, you know, I think that would be good for the book stuff. And um, she finally called She goes, I don't listen to podcasts. I go, I don't think that changes their impact. Right. Because you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> and just because you don't know what something is doesn't mean it isn't useful. But I think if we put out a book and people haven't heard from us in a while, which they haven't, it's going to, you know. So finally she coalesced. And then, um, and then, it, and then, it, and then it was fun. And it was, and it was really good for us as a couple. Yeah, because I think... Um, Super healthy. Yeah, I think that maybe every couple should do a podcast. <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you have kids and you're married and have all kids, you know, how often do you get to sit down with your wife for an hour and talk? Yeah. Or well, anything. We're, we're just getting to that stage because uh, one the one's in college and the one's going to be a freshman in high school next year. And, uh, right. and is kind of hanging out more with her friends and stuff like that. So it, you're just starting to get that point. But yeah, it is a nice little, you know, that and the dinner table, you know, we still get to eat as a family. Uh, which is, uh, super important, which I don't think people realize. It sounds like a cliche, but it, it, you know, that really is some important time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we, we as a force, we do a good job. We make, we make, there's plenty of family activity. We yeah. really do make that. And we, you know, and we both spend time with the kids individually. I mean, the kids are the focus point of the whole thing. And, you know, we have both our lives that allow ourselves to be around a lot. But, but for us, making the time and, you know, also talking and also making eye contact and also civility. You know, when you put a microphone there, suddenly there's this other third party that's kind of something you have to behave in front of. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> you, it, you know, it sort of clear, it sort of gives you some focus. And I don't know. I found it to be probably the best thing that's happened to us in years. Oh, that's awesome. Barring any therapy that we've had. Okay. Well, um, my yeah. wife is aware of who, who you are, mostly, oddly, through your work on uh, Sex and the City, because uh, we were big fans of that show. And I mentioned yeah. before that I'd spoken, I'd spoken to a guy that was a consultant on that show before. And then, so she kind of knows who, and of course, from the, your most famous book, of course. But, um, so maybe that'll, uh, that'll be me that give her the final push over the cliff. Uh, you know, it, and, uh, I remember we had just spoken, Last time you had just released your first book, was it how how not to suck at marriage? Is that am I remembering the title correctly? No, this is that's it. Now we were working on it back then. That's how long. Oh, it's okay. Taken. Oh, it's, wow. I mean, in the in the interim, I maybe we talked about I had cancer, and then I that's um, right. Yeah. yeah, I went through stuff. And yes, you did. Um, uh, we're out the other side of it, but uh, yeah. So this one, so this two, this two books. The first one's how to keep your marriage from sucking, uh, and it covers the proposal through the first five years. 
of the marriage. You know, setting yourself up to win, the things that we did that we wish we'd done differently, the conversations we wish we had, choices we wish we'd made, you know, the um, um, really setting parameters for marriage that are, because marriage is, is preposterous. Yes. And it's set up in a way that um, almost begs for failure. Anything that starts with a Super Bowl party before you've played the game is uh, iffy, you know? <laughs> um, and especially when you've done, when you sit up in front of a room full of people and made them all personal shareholders in your relationship. Yeah, yeah. And now you're responsible to them and winning. And um, it's uh, a covenant between two people who are going to create their own version of love over time because love over time doesn't mean what it means when you start. It means something different and it's epic and and profound, but it also has, you know, uh, days of longing for other things. And, you know, everybody, you know, the thing about it is everybody fails at some point in their marriage in some way. Uh, And, and sometimes those failures end up uh, destroying a marriage that doesn't have to destroy. So that's my, that is our, take on that first part. Second part, which comes out in the beginning of the year, is called uh, We Used to Be in Love and Now We Work Here. Huh. Um, about what you do if things have already gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> and how you, how you overcome those things. Okay. Because um, I said to um, I married the best married couple I know right now are divorced. They're, and what I mean by that is that they haven't handled their divorce and their afterlife better than they were as a married couple and better than the way we are married. Yeah, that does happen. And yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, all that pressure's off, and there's a little forgiveness and a little space and a little bit of understanding and a little bit of, yeah, you even have a new person, and I have a new person, and I still think you're fucking awesome. And I think you can do that without having to add new people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because on the other, the flip side of that, that, that can be kind of messy. Uh, but you know, I guess it depends how you're built. Some, like some people, it, it, maybe they are better off that way, but other people, you know, it's, it, it work harder at, you know, where you're at, then, you know, so it's, so it's in the, better. In, in, in any situation where things are taken from you or you've agreed to things that you don't know you'll be okay without, you find yourself in, you know, that's, that's why people get sober one day at a time. Cause if you tell somebody I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life, it's like, well, fuck, how am I going to do that? And I can't do anything every single, you know, right. day, but I can do it till midnight tonight and then I'll see how it goes tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And marriage is that same way, same thing. And most of the time people want to know it's okay for them to be themselves. They don't, you know, when people cheat or when they, when they lie or when they do something, they're just pushing the boundaries because they've been limited. And I think in someone, when I, I know a couple that they were like, Okay, it's going to be an open marriage, and then two weeks later they both go, "Fuck, oh, oh, I couldn't do it." That just wasn't, you know. But they, then they had the room. Yeah, they, knew they were other person allowed them to have whatever they wanted, you know, as long as they came home to them. And and I think, you know, we we um, we stake out territory, and then we fight over it. And it's um, uh, at least we have. I'm not saying yeah, you, yeah. but anyway, you know. So anyway, that that that's what the books books are about. Cool. And uh, quick update, Reigning Monarchs, what's the latest there? Well, we have a record that we have been wanting to put out for fucking ever, and Mike and Blair, the other guys in the band, are like, we want to do a podcast about it. And I was like, oh, let's just put out the record. So, 
we got together, we recorded this one-off podcast, and I'm editing it now, and then we're going to narrate it and put it out as the record's going to come out. But the record has been recorded for almost two years now. Okay. Um, and it's really cool, and, and I mean, maybe we'll make another one. I have no idea. Um, but I have also been reviewing Candy in my attic. Um, I'm putting those on Instagram, and it's called um, Lonely Ghost Attic uh, Stay-at-Home Candy Review. And, um, <laughs> um, and that's been a lot of fun, and people have been enjoying that. And I'm also working on the script, so like everybody else. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. Um, cool. I think I'm gonna work on a book next, actually. Uh, script seems like it'd be too much, too much, uh, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen at at, at some point. So I think I'm gonna try to work on. I it. think we're gonna. I'm gonna shoot it myself. I'm oh, okay. Shoot something myself. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's true. That's, that's, I really have. I've, I've, can... I've talked to a couple of people and said if I wrote this thing, you know, I mean, it's funny how many guys will jump in and help you now because everybody's like, yeah, fuck, dude, I don't want to go through that. Yeah, I can get a, I can have a bit of camera and stuff like yeah. you know I don't want if, can I be a part of it Yes, of course you can Yes, I'll you know let's, I think you're going to see people start to make things differently because of the process of knowing that once the script is finished, there's still days and days and days ahead of a painting yeah. and yep. tiny little baskets to get it in. <laughs> yep. And suddenly you go, well, Soderbergh just made his last movie on an iPhone, so maybe. And I can learn how to direct from fucking YouTube. <laughs> so, right, yeah, exactly. You know, here's where you put a camera. Here's how you light a scene. Here's how you shoot without light. Here's how you shoot out. You try and get more out. You know, try to shoot exterior. Shoot wide. Use less people, you know. Um, it's, um, uh, to me, I, I get excited about the idea of, yeah, just go do it. I mean, even if it's terrible, you fucking at least want to do it. Exactly. You, you created something. Again, yeah. it, that's something that in you needs yeah. to get out of you in that medium. Well, great, man. As always, yeah. hope to see you in Cincinnati sometime soon. Uh, I know you were here yeah. a couple of years ago, so but um, we'll recycle this, get you some ink uh, here as well. And uh, I guess... Yeah. Be, yeah. And so... Guess, we're going to try and do some independent stuff once the uh, books are out and the okay. podcast has uh, been around for a bit. We're going to start booking our own shows and doing book slash marriage slash stand-up events that are going to be really fun, I think. Oh, awesome. Oh, good, good. We'll, we'll keep yeah. you posted. I'll, uh, we'll definitely look forward to that. And good luck with all the different projects. Uh, say hi to Kim. Yeah, maybe I'll hit you up. We'll talk about someplace out there with Instagram for gifts or something like that. Yeah, great. Yeah, perfect. All right. All right, man. Well, all good. Right. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. All right. Thanks for taking the time, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Greg Barron for being on the show. You can catch Greg at the Acme Comedy Company April 24th. Through the 28th, that is in Minneapolis. For uh, any of your other Greg Barrent needs, go to gregbarrent.com. I believe that is Greg's website, and uh, he's not really updated it that much here. Let me see. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's Gregory Barrent. I'm sorry, gregorybarrent.com. And uh, hopefully, he'll be updating us on uh, future tour dates as well as the release date of the Reigning Monarchs album. All right, so we're up to the song of the week. Song of the Week is from a group called Chain Wallet. They are from Norway. Uh, that is where AHA is from, by the way. And uh, they're kind of part of this, um, I guess, group of bands I would call uh, Euro or Scand... What would you call it? Norse Django Rock? They kind of remind me of Marionettes, who are from... They're from Sweden, uh, next door to Norway. And then I get... What is it? Peter... I can't, I can't remember their name now. I knew I was going to do this. I was confused. Uh, Peter uh, Bjorn and John, or Peter, John, and Bjorn, 
who I believe are from Sweden or Norway. But anyway, uh, these Scandinavian groups, they put me a lot on the mind of like Echo and the Bunnymen and people like that. This song is called Shade, and there's just so much music out there. You just never know where you're going to find new music. You know, I listen to BBC Radio 1, maybe I hear a little bit on NPR, but none of those sources is really consistent. Everybody kind of favors one kind of music or just certain kinds of music. So you got to kind of listen all over for things. And a lot of people use the Shazam thing or just ask, you know, your iPhone, what, what tune is this? And that's how I found these guys. I think it was in a Forever 21, embarrassingly enough. And the track is a couple of years old, but again, reminds me of like Marionettes, who remind me of like Echo and the Bunnymen and kind of early 80s Northern England uh, pop. Uh, alternative pop. So this is, uh, yeah, this is a, a really good tune. The whole album is actually uh, really very nice. I think you can enjoy this. Again, this track is called Shade. It is Chain Wallet. It is our song of the week on PFTA Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. After I-